and then those anxiety attacks turned into a full depression. So, you know, I think, like I, I go back, you know, um, a lot of businessmen, a lot of a lot of sportsmen, um, you know, they they see that as a weakness. It's not. It is it is an illness. It's, it's something you can get control of. It's really normal. Um, but I didn't believe that at all. And actually, I hid that. And you know, mine sort of came to a head um, when I wanted to jump out of a window one night in uh, in Buenos Aires. Welcome back to Take 10 for Men. We are 10-minute conversations with inspiring men about how they manage their mental health and support their mates. My name is Sophia Hatzis. I'm the host of the show, and the man you just heard is a very special human indeed. His name is Sir John Cohen, or JK as he's known, and to be honest, it's not an ordinary day when you get to speak to a former All Black who's been honoured for his services to rugby and mental health. JK is an extraordinary man with an extraordinary story. He played rugby union at the highest level and donned the All Black jersey for 10 years, playing 63 test matches for his country. But while he was experiencing the highs of professional sport, he was also experiencing crushing lows in private. He was hiding his anxiety and depression from the world until he found himself wanting to jump out of a window while on tour in Buenos Aires. It was then that he knew he needed help and he did seek professional help. Since then, he's been honoured not just for his services to rugby, but for his services to mental health as well. Please note that this conversation does touch on themes of suicide. So if you or anyone you know needs help, help is always available. You can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Now these episodes are meant to be 10 minutes, but there was really nothing I felt I could cut out from this chat, seriously. So you can get a slightly longer episode this week. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, and leave a review so that more people can find out about the podcast. But most importantly, enjoy the chat and remember to take 10 and check on the man you love today. Sir John, I would like to welcome you to Take 10 for Men. We are 10-minute conversations with inspiring men about how they manage their mental health. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, just call me JK because when you call me Sir, it's like, you know, it's like when your mother tells you off, John. So, yeah, no, JK is fine. JK is awesome. And the first question I ask our, my guests when we start is, I know I asked how you are, but I'd love if you wouldn't mind rating that for me on a scale of one to 10. So one being sort of the lowest of lows and 10 being the highest of highs. Where about would you, where would you see yourself on that scale today? Yeah, I sort of talk about um, rather than numbers, I talk about surviving or thriving. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I'm probably out of 10, I'm probably uh, seven at the moment. I mean, I have a really strong daily mental health plan. So I'm very, really under six. Uh, but COVID has thrown up a few family issues. I have my wife um, in Italy at the moment, who's been over there two months, another two months to go. Lost my father-in-law. My daughter's over there, which is good. And my son's there, so she's got some company. My little one's here with me. Um, So those those life challenges have probably put me at about a six, because a 10, I'd have my family around me. 
you know, I'd be doing all those cool things. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going pretty well under the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. I do want to touch on your mental health plan later. But first, I'd love if we could talk about your rugby career um, as an all black <laughs> Uh, and I'd love to know a little bit about the challenges that you experienced playing at that high level because you really reached the pinnacle of your sport, which was playing representative for the All Blacks. But in that time, you were still experiencing depression and you were under a lot of pressure. Can you tell me a little bit about what that period of life was like for you? Yeah, I think the thing I learned, and this is a really important message for all men that, um, it's not prejudice. So it doesn't matter if you're a sports person, a business person, whatever you are, um, you know, it's not prejudice. And I think that the other thing that's really important is uh, it's an illness, not a weakness. I spent five years thinking it was a weakness. But getting back to your original question, I was really, really fortunate. I made the, the Auckland team, which is, um, you know, one of the premium sides here when I was 18. And then I made the All Blacks when I was 19. And I was really, really fortunate that I played for the, for the All Blacks for, um, you know, 10 years and had an amazing time. So, you know, really opened up a life. I was a butcher for Māngere um, here in, in New Zealand. So, you know, left school at a young age, did a butcher's apprenticeship, and then rugby just completely changed my life. I think um, what I was doing, though, was hiding anxiety. So I probably had my first anxiety attack when I was 13 or 14. I hid those. They were relatively rare, but then as I got into the All Blacks and the pressure on my life started to mount, I was getting those more and more and more, kept ignoring them, and then those anxiety attacks turned into a full depression. So, you know, I think, like I, I go back, you know, um, a lot of businessmen, a lot of a lot of sportsmen, um, you know, they they see that as a weakness. It's not. It is, it is an illness. It's, it's something you can get control of. It's really normal, um, but I didn't believe that at all. And actually, I hid that. And, you know, mine sort of came to a head um, when I wanted to jump out of a window one night in, uh, in Buenos Aires. And I was very, very fortunate. I didn't plan my own suicide, but it's suicidal ruminations. And, um, you know, I was sick of fighting and hiding this illness that I had. And um, I decided to run and jump out the window, but my roommate was lying next to me said, JK, you've got a good heart. And that sort of sent me, um, sent me, uh, saved my life. And then the next day I watched, um, I played a game of rugby. It was like watching myself in, uh, in a movie. And then when I got home, I finally reached out to my doctor and then my family and my friends. And, and then I actually got professional help. And while the journey wasn't over, um, I started understanding the science behind it, started understanding what I need to do to keep myself well. So, so there, there were moments of, of absolute joy as well. This is the interesting thing. You know, you can live with especially anxiety um, and still have a good life. But I say this, when anxiety comes into your life, you feel out of control. Um, you feel like you're not controlling your brain. And every time it goes away, it leaves a little scar. And that scar is fear. So you start living in fear of when the next one will come. Um, so that's that's why I say if you've got anxiety, you know, reach out, get help and learn how to control it. Yeah, that's a really good insight. And I want to ask you a little bit about the seeking the help part, because I think the real 
courage and the really courageous thing is recognizing that you have a problem and then asking for help. How did you find the courage to take that step? Because that can be quite a daunting step for people. Yeah, look, it was really that moment of wanting to um, jump out a window. That was so scary. Um, and I was so close to doing it that that scared me into action. The interesting thing is I got back from the All Black tour and I went and spoke to my doctor. You know who my doctor was? My doctor was the All Black doctor. We'd been on tour for a month and I wouldn't talk to him about it. Wow. Um, and so that was really, really interesting. And that started a journey. And I say when you, when you do reach out, sometimes it's a little bit bumpy. It can be two steps forward, one step back, but it's also important that you are moving forward. So the doc says to me, you know, JK, you need to go and see someone. I say, I'm not going to see anyone. Now, why would I want to go and see someone? But the interesting thing about that is, you know, here's the same guy I'm taking 200 milligrams of Voltaren to play footy. I'm the first one to go to the physio. I'm in the gym looking after my body. You know, I first one to get a massage, love the massage, and I'm on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I wouldn't go to anyone for my brain. So I was really resistant. And um, eventually the, the doc convinced me to go and see someone. So I, so I go in and, um, you know, I walk in and this guy says to me, JK, you know, you're a volcano. You've got all this energy inside you, you know. Can you feel the power? And I said, I don't want to be a volcano, you dick. You know, I just want to get well. So the volcano guy actually didn't do anything for me. What it did do, though, is it set me back a step. Now, I'm sure the volcano guy helped a lot of people, but he just wasn't for me. Mm. But the second person I went to, so like I said to the doc, I told you, mate, anyway, he convinced me to go to someone else. And the second person I went to was amazing. So I go and I sit down. And she says to me, you know, rugby players, well, what would you do if you had a tight hamstring? I went, oh, I'd stop and stretch it. She said, okay, you've stopped and stretched, then you get up and you keep running. It gets really, really tight. What would you do? And I said, well, I'd stop it, I'd ice it and go to the physio. She said, your brain's no different, right? I went, wow, mm. you're right. I've got a hamstring in the head. What's the ice? And it was the physio. Because I tried alcohol. Uh, I used to get hammered, right? And um, that gave me some relief for a few hours, but then the next day I'd go back at 100 miles an hour. So I knew that that wasn't the ice. Um, so then the other thing that I, I keep emphasizing was they said, look, Jack, this is an illness, not a weakness, because the three things that mental health, um, anxiety, or depression does, takes away your self-esteem, takes away your self-confidence, and takes away your enjoyment of life. You know, life without those three things is pretty shitty. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk to you about your mental health care strategies um, and Mentemia because I think it's an incredible app and I've found a lot of use out of it as well. But before we do that, I'd love if we could talk a little bit about the challenges that you see modern men experiencing because you speak to and touch many, many lives every day. Can you think about or pinpoint a sort of common thread or the thing that you see that is the biggest problem facing the modern man today when it comes to mental health? We have been brought up, especially in Australia and New Zealand, and possibly the UK. I don't know a lot about uh, the Americas, and but we're brought up to think that males are a certain stereotypical type of person, and that's just totally wrong. So, um, like I said, we see any sort of mental health um, problems as a weakness. So we think don't think we should suffer from them. I think the other thing that's really interesting is. Um, part of our society gets us to grow up um, ignoring a couple of very important emotions that are good for your mental health. Um, crying, 
for example, um, you know, don't cry, that's just bullshit. Um, and also anger, it's okay to show anger, it's okay to have these emotions, but a lot of time we suppress those. Um, instead of getting your anger out in a positive way, we suppress it and then they come out in a bad way. So I think um, males' perception of how they should be is, is not aligned with how you should live, right? Um, vulnerability, I think, is one of the greatest traits you can have. Um, and yet, if you talk to a lot of males, I think vulnerability is weakness, whereas it's a strength. And so I think there's a lot of um, generational things that make the male think that any sort of weakness like mental weakness is, is, shouldn't be happening to them, you know, and it's just not true. Some of the greatest, most successful people I know um, have a really solid daily mental health plan. They're aware of their mental health and know what they need to keep themselves well. I, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your daily mental health care plan because I know that you are very mindful about the things and the strategies that you need to put in place every day to make sure that you stay mentally strong and resilient. So could you give us an insight into the things that you do every day that are non-negotiable for your mental health and well-being? Uh, they're all non-negotiable. And I think the interesting thing for me is uh, I have interchangeable ones. So the, the most important thing for me was um, – understanding the science behind this. And I think this is really important thing for males. So early in my, um, in my understanding of mental health, I read a book called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, right? And it's quite a scientific book and it's a really interesting book to read, quite hard to read, but I'll sum it up for you. So basically there's a, there's a zebra on the savannah desert and he's eating grass. Out of the bush comes a lion trying to eat its ass for breakfast, but they have this massive chase and the zebra gets away. What does the zebra do? Goes back to eating grass. <laughs> I guess so. What, what, what do we do? We worry about the lion in the bush. And that was exactly how I was living. So stress and anxiety and those things are really, really important. But you also need to stand down. <clears throat> so the zebra could stand down straight away, go back to relaxing, go back to eating grass. The risk was over. Whereas one of the things that I struggled with was I was always worried about the lion in the bush. Now, what's a lion in the bush? Well, COVID's a lion in the bush. You know, what can I do about COVID right now? Absolutely nothing except look after my resilience and have a good plan. The other thing I talk about is I'm a better father, I'm a better husband, I'm a better friend and a better work colleague when I put my mental health first. So that's non-negotiable. So, for example, um, breathing is really, really important to me because breathing drops the amygdala down and gets you back to eating grass, right? Mm. So I breathe five or six times a day. Um, I understood the science of my brain. So I have what I call a monkey brain. I call my monkey Bob, right? So, for example, he's a ruminating mind. He's always on the go. So what I needed, what I need to be able to do, like uh, meditation, if you can do it, is fantastic and you should, but that's really hard for me. Because Bob the monkey goes, you know, he's off all over the place. So I'm an active relaxer. Um, so I cook, you know, I actually started playing the guitar during during COVID. Um, sounds like I'm killing a cat in the lounge. Anyway, <laughs> Bob, Bob hates it, right? So when I said to you, when I say to you, what do you do when your computer craps out, right? You switch it on and you switch it off again, switch it off and switch it on again. 95% of the time it works. Our brains are no different. We have more inputs in one day than our grandparents had in a lifetime. So all this added stress and anxiety, also with the lion in the bush, 
what you need to do is be able to sit that amygdala down, right? How many emails do you get a day, right? Yeah, lots. <laughs> yeah, exactly, lots. And, and, you know, all these things in our lives. So what I make sure I do, I start the day with a shower, and that shower is really, really important for me, but I live in the moment. I'm not thinking about the emails I've got to get to. I'm not thinking about what I should have done yesterday, what I'm going to do today. It's about the shower, the water. Um, then I sit and have a cup of coffee, right? And I don't get one in a portable cup, you know, double soil up and off I go. <laughs> I sit and enjoy that moment. Um, like I said, I need to actively relax. So I cook, I read, mm. I play the guitar once a day. Right? I walk really slowly because um, when you walk slowly, you see things. And obviously I've spoken about the breathing, but I also put those, the breathing into my day. So I do that five or six times a day. Um, I'm always looking, what have you got to look forward to today? And this is really, really important if you're locked in with COVID. Yeah. So for example, having something to look forward to is really, really important. And I always have something to look forward to on a daily basis. And that can be whatever you want. You know, at the moment, I've just started reading a new book about, it's called Breathe actually. Um, and it's about breathing and breathing through your nose and all this other stuff. So I'm really looking forward to, to reading the next chapter of that because I'm about to tape my mouth and try and sleep with my, just my nose. So that's sort of, you know, but I'm actually looking forward to it. So when the day gets a bit tough, I've got things um, to look forward to. When someone comes into my heart, I ring them because connection is really, really important for your mental health. And I know that it's really difficult at the moment because I need physical connection. But also when you're locked down, this is connection, right? Mm. Um, so I made a rule that if someone comes into my heart, I just ring them or I text them to see how they are. And that makes me feel good. And normally the person I reach out to, it makes them feel good. And I think a lot of the time with connection now, it's around work. So we're connecting a lot with work. And, but don't forget to connect for your heart. I think those things are really important. So that's, so we sort of call it the, the, the six pillars. I also do something in my day. Um, so at the moment, I have a trainer that beams in on Zoom that started during COVID. That was one of the positives. I don't spend an hour in the car going to the gym. We beam in. I do a series of exercises that keep my core strength um, good. It's sort of a yoga type thing. Um, so I also do that. So yeah, within Men to Me, you'll see the six pillars and everyone's different, but I'll, I'll put those in my day. I do want to talk about the app because I'm loving it myself. My favorite uh, part is the worry map. Yeah, I did that. So the worry map saved my life because, talk to me for about example, that. as a rugby player, I'd come off the field and I'd be worrying about what the crowd thought about me. I'd be worrying about uh, whether the coach thought I had a good game. I'd be worrying about whether I was going to be selected on Monday. I'd be worried about this, worried about that. And the worry map actually taught me to get rid of all those. And it's been amazing for me. I, I mean, I do it naturally now, but during COVID, it's been amazing for me because what you can control, what you can't control, what you can do and what you can't do. And that just really, now sometimes I still get those thoughts in my head, but you can let them go because you've got a plan. So yeah, I mean, the worry map was one of the first tools I started to use um, when I was unwell all those years ago. It's fantastic. I honestly use it. I think I've used it at least once a day. 
Um, because when those intrusive thoughts come in about whatever it is, and for me, it's about the podcast because I'm a very, uh, I'm a bit of a high achiever. I have lots of dreams and lots of ambitions. So when those things come in, it's such a fantastic tool, but I wanted to ask you, what is your, cause it's a free app and I would really, really encourage anyone listening or watching this to go and download it straight away. Can you tell me what your favorite part of that app is? Because I know we just mentioned the worry map. Is that your favorite part of it? Yeah, like the worry map's really, really important. And the breathing. I mean, um, you know, I was so bad that I had to go on antidepressants. And when I went and saw my, um, you know, my psychiatrist, she said, JK, if you want to attack your anxiety, you should learn how to breathe. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm standing in front of you, I'm breathing. So, um, you know, for me, breathing was the, the way I actually started to um, attack my anxiety and so breathing is a huge part of my life um, you know and it's something you can do no one knows you're doing it you can do it anytime I have a really strong routine around breathing I do a breathing exercise before I go to sleep because Bob doesn't like it so he goes into his cage and has a banana so <laughs> I get to sleep you know what I mean um, yeah. but breathing has been a really really important um, the, the, you know the, the wheel of kindness you should do that and, and just follow that because that just gives you amazing um, feeling of, of connection. And so I, I use that quite a bit. Um, yeah, and so I, I think that the interesting thing for me is when I accepted my mental health and had some fun, and this is about prevention. Mental mm -hmm. me is about prevention because we're getting pushed off the cliff of mental health and people are getting unwell. So meant to me is about prevention. So have some fun with it. Try some stuff, you know. You like the you like the worry map. I I I I try all sorts of different things. I have a steady breathing routine, but I'm also trying other types of breathing to see if I get effect. And and so I think have some fun with it. Create yourself a neat little daily mental health plan, following the pillars, right? Following the, the pillars that are in the in the app. I know we're running out of time. So the last question I would love to ask you is the same question that I ask all my guests and it's around gratitude and gratitude is really fundamental to mental health. There's plenty of science around kindness and gratitude. And I'd love to ask you, JK, to finish off, what are you most grateful for today? Um, that's a really good question. I, I um, Before I go to sleep every night, I look back on my day and, and find three things to be grateful for. Um, I'm just really grateful for having my family today around me. Um, I'm actually grateful for technology because my, I mean, I believe technology is the problem and the solution. So this morning I saw my wife and, um, and my daughter who are, have gone to see my, my uncle in uh, Piemonte, who looks exactly like my father-in-law who just passed away. So I, I managed to talk to them and, they were pretty emotional and it was just nice to be able to connect. So I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for actually coming on a podcast. Um, and I really appreciate you having a podcast um, that's trying to get to men because um, we can be uh, pretty picketed at times. And, and um, you know, we have terrible stats around mental health. And I think the more that people do, to try and break down this, uh, you know, the stigma around it and get people to help themselves. That's all about prevention. So you've made my day. Thank you. Oh, JK. And you've made mine. I've been looking forward to this interview for a really long time and I'm really, really grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you. I know you're a very busy man. So thank you for joining me. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the third 
quite a slow game in Perth. Um, so I'm sure we'll have a bit of chat around that when the time comes. But again, thank you so much for your time. And, and I really, really appreciate it. There's one thing before we go. Um, little challenge for you, Dot. Just do one thing today for your mental health. And to all the listeners out there that are listening, just start with Dot. So do one thing. Um, and then when that gets into your routine, do that. Let's do another thing. So, you know, don't think it's got to be this huge thing. Just do one thing a day and then build on that. That's what I did. Started with the shower. Now I've got a really solid daily mental health plan. So it's been a real pleasure. Hopefully we'll be able to meet in person next time.